Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace for another episode of Courtside Take. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, some injuries, um, some streaking teams, and... Blake, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, ready for the second half of the NBA season. Um, we're getting closer to uh, getting closer to the playoffs, and I'm excited to see what potential matchups we got going and just other stuff around the league. Yeah, some of those matchups we talked about last week. I mean, playoffs can uh, can be you know whirlwind whirlwind this uh, season compared to you know seasons past when you you could basically put the Cavs and the Warriors uh, in the finals. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll get started. Uh, our first topic today is on Jimmy Butler. He actually. Um, since our last episode, uh, had a meniscus injury. It looked really bad. It looked like it was going to be a torn ACL, yeah. um, but it wasn't. It was actually just a meniscus injury. He had surgery on it. Um, claims he'll be back for the playoffs, but you know, what does this do for the Timberwolves uh, moving forward? And do you truly believe he'll be back for the playoffs? You know, the, the, the biggest thing is that it takes away the anchor of their defense. And you know, Jimmy had been providing, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. I mean, they have. The, you know, the third best offensive rating in the league uh, this year. Defensive, you know, pretty low. They're at 26th in the league, which is um, not what you expect from a Tom Thibodeau-led team. But, um, you know, they've got some guys, Wiggins, Towns, who are a little um, unable to defend. So Jimmy Butler was really the anchor for both sides of the ball, was the leader of that team, you know. They made it. They went in and made the big move for him in the offseason, and uh, they were surging at the right time. They're still fourth in the Western Conference. Um what worries me about the Timberwolves, though, is how you know tight the four through basically ten seed is. I mean, um, if you look right now at Minnesota, they've got thirty-seven wins. You go down to Utah, they're at thirty-one, and they're in the ten seed. So you know, it, it's with you know, well, they've got probably like twenty-some games left in the season. You know, it's not too uh, hard to fall from you know the four seed to you know seven or eight or possibly out of the playoffs. So they really need to find that defensive mentality that. Um, you know, they just have been missing outside of Jimmy Butler. Um, hopefully they can do that in time for the playoffs. Uh, I think he will be back by the playoffs. I don't know if he's, you know, 100% by the first game, um, for like for the first game of the first round, but maybe if he came back, you know, game three or game four, kind of depending on how much they needed him. If they get into a series and they're up 2-0, I would, you know, you know wait off, see how the rest of that series plays out before you bring Butler back in until you absolutely need him. But um, if you go down one, two games, you know, I'd, I'd push to put Butler in as soon as you can. Yeah, you know, looking at the standings as well, I mean, four and a half games separating, uh, you know, the three to the ten. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize tough. the Western Conference was that close, mm-hmm. um, especially a team like Utah, who's, um, you know, nine and one in the last ten uh, and really streaking behind Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that's got to, you know, some of these teams sitting right at the uh, edge of the playoffs are, you know, ready to streak and. Uh, it's got to scare the Timberwolves. I mean, the way they're playing defensively, I mean, losing, like you said, losing their uh, best defensive player, that's going to be rough down the stretch. I mean, Jimmy Butler's been really good this year. Uh, his defensive rating uh, is 110, offensive rating of 122. The NBA average is 100, so above average on both. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23.6 PER, um, 86% from the line, uh, 35% from three, 47% from the field, 22 points, five rebounds, five assists. You know, I really like what I've seen out of Jimmy Buckets this year, but 
Um, you know, moving forward, I think this puts more on the shoulders of Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, I think he's going to have mm-hmm. to bring more defensively than he has all year. And uh, it should be, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough ride the rest of the way for the Timberwolves. Um, who do you think is the most important on this team to, you know, step up down the stretch? Definitely Andrew Wiggins, in my opinion. And, you know, this season, what you're getting out of him, you're getting 17, almost 18 points a game, uh, four rebounds, uh, just under two assists, and he's shooting, you know, 44% from the field, only 32% from three. He's um, he's a guy that, you know, I'm looking at, you know, a couple years in the league now, and he hasn't really, you know, taken that leap. He's, he's made some small strides, but, you know, now without Jimmy Butler, you're going to need a lot from Andrew Wiggins. Um, I expect Carl Anthony Towns to keep things going, you know, 20 points a game, 12 rebounds. I expect him, you know, there's only so much more that he can do in the, in the, um, in replacing Jimmy Butler. I think you need, you know, those wing guys to really step up. Starting with Andrew Wiggins, you know, um, coming off of the bench, Jamal Crawford, um, getting some of those guards, you know, they're just going to have to step up, um, especially defensively, to replace the value from Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think we're going to see a little more playing time as Shabazz Muhammad mm-hmm. um, and Jamal Crawford, and I think those guys have to show a little bit more of a defensive presence. I mean, yeah. like you said, they're 26th in the NBA in defensive rating at 110.9. I mean, uh, some of these players, I mean, Shabazz Muhammad's a negative 4.3, Fox plus minus or defensive box plus minus, and Jamal Crawford's a negative 4.2. So, you know, you definitely need to see improvement on those two guys because they're going to be replacing uh, Jimmy Butler on the wing, um, along with, like you said, Jim, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how, how about the uh, improvement of Carl Anthony Towns on the defensive side of the ball this year? I mean, his defensive box plus minus is 1.2. Um, he was really it's called... Yeah, he's really called upon uh, this year to bring more defensively, and he's done exactly that. Yeah, definitely. He's 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 grown into that spot, and that was the biggest thing, the biggest worry, I guess, after his rookie campaign um, was, you know, where's where's the defense, where's the effort? Um, but you're starting to see that, and, you know, it's it's upsetting that they can't get the rest of the team to buy into that, um, you know, especially with Tom Thibodeau as the coach who has always preached defense throughout his career. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, they tighten up towards the end of the season as they gear for the playoffs, but that could be a real um, a real fall for them if they if they can't, you know, figure it out defensively. Realistically, where do you see this Timberwolves team ending up in the standings? I mean, this Jimmy Butler injury is really going to hurt them. Yeah, no, I really think it's going to hurt them, and I think they do end up in the 6-8 to eight range. I could, you know, easily see Portland, uh, who... Um, I could see Portland taking over them. Uh, New Orleans on a seven-game winning streak, I believe, you know, they're... Mm-hmm. They're five, five game winning streak, five, five game, game winning, winning streak. streak. You know they're they're still finding out you know ways to get it done without Demarcus Cousins, which has really impressed me. Um, I think Minnesota without Jimmy Butler dips down to probably the six to eight range, um, kind of you know competing for those last playoff spots with the likes of Oklahoma City, Denver, uh, the Clippers, and the Jazz. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's in what also you know has caught my eye about the standings. I actually have a bet with Matt Wyrick about the Pelicans being a top you five do. seed, and they're uh, number six right now. They're really surprising. Only a half game out of fifth. Um, Man, and if they do know, that so. without Demarcus Cousins, but you, you give yeah. you give Matt some more. Anything? Uh, more I think with that? <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I think the Thunder are going to end up in that five seed. Um, I think they're a lot better than the record indicates. I mean, they're four and six in the last ten, but struggling. I think over the next twenty games, I mean, they'll you know start to put it together. Um, you know, those guys will figure it out. But I think the Jazz end up in the playoffs mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think you know the way they're playing right now with Donovan Mitchell and, and such. I think they sneak their way in. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, my, we gotta talk. We had to talk about my Philadelphia 76ers. Since the Eagles uh, won the Super Bowl, they were seven and zero going into last night. They did follow the Washington Wizards on ESPN, but. 
Um, you know, this team's streaking. Uh, they're playing well with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's almost playing every night now. Um, ben Simmons has been unreal, probably rookie of the year. And then, you know, they just got two buyout signings with uh, Marco Bellinelli mm-hmm. and today Ersan Ilyasova. So, uh, Blake, do you think this, you know, Sixers team has a chance to win a playoff series? Um, you know, right now they would be matched up with either the Cavs or the Celtics. Uh, do you think I have a shot, you know, beating one of those teams? One of those teams, no. I think realistically for the 76ers, they're more than capable of winning a series against the Wizards. Um, and, you know, let's see, they're, you know, a game and a half out of that five seed um, that Indiana holds right now. So if they can get there, I really like their odds against um, Washington. Um, you know, the whole Washington just is confusing right now um, with the whole John Wall situation. They've been missing him, but they've been striding. So who knows when John Wall comes back, what's going to happen. The team chemistry is all screwed up on that team. And it's really important to have a tight group in the playoffs. Um, Cavs, Celtics, and Raptors, I, I'm not the biggest um, – I don't have the biggest uh, belief. Yeah, belief that the the Seventy Sixers can pull off a series but, win against those three. But let's think about this. I mean, the Sixers can somehow get up to the five seed and somehow beat the Wizards in the first round. Mm-hmm. They don't have to play Boston or Cleveland in no, the second round either. They, they don't have to, to play the Toronto. Um, and, uh, I mean, Toronto is the weakest of the top four. Exactly. Eh, top three. Top three. Yeah. So I mean. I don't know if Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan don't show up. The Sixers, I mean, there's a path, there's a believable path that they can make the Eastern Conference Finals. No, definitely. And I was going to say that of of the three teams, the Raptors, Celtics, and Cavs, the the 76ers are most likely to beat the Raptors. Um, you know, the the Raptors just always seem to fall apart in the playoffs, and you can never really count on both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, you know, both contributing solid numbers in the postseason either one of them disappears or both of them disappear and they always get bounced out of the playoffs earlier than you expect that could be a great situation if if the 76ers can get up to that five seed um grind out a series against the wizards um get to toronto if if they have to face toronto you know it won't be easy by any means you know it'll be a you know probably a six seven game series i believe it but you know they have all the the makings on that team to pull out um a victory over toronto and then you're looking at philly in the eastern conference finals yeah i mean who would have thought a team that was you know a lottery pick last year um really struggled but you know it turns oh, around God, forever yeah exactly the last three or four years they've been a lottery pick yeah um but you know I don't know about you, but I think they're honestly the fourth or fifth best team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, when you go up and down the list, I mean, obviously Toronto's better, uh, the Celtics, Cavs, and then maybe the Wizards. I mean, uh, they've basically split this year uh, home and home. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you think the Bucks are better. I don't think the Pacers are better. I don't think the Pacers uh, are either. And I don't think the Heat are. So, I, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, um, for the definitely like you said, you know, I don't think they're better than the Raptors, Celtics, Cavs. Um, I think they're better than the Pacers. The Pacers game, especially when you get to the uh, postseason, it doesn't translate well for postseason basketball, in my opinion. Um, you know, all of a sudden, what happens when Oladipo goes cold for a game or two, or they put a lockdown defender on Oladipo, he disappears for a few games, and then you're, you know, you're basically missing out on your your number one option. Um, you know, Milwaukee is interesting to me because you know they're finally starting to get the pieces going. Jabari Bar- Parker keeps you know contributing more and more now that he's you know back on the team. Giannis is undoubtedly, you know, one of the best players in the game. So you can't, you know, take and you you can't um, eliminate him from, you know, having his impact all over a game. You know, he fills the stat sheet. Um, the Wizards, you know, that's a tough one because the Wizards have star players, 
Brent. funny, the Wizards are actually 1-0 against the Sixers without John Wall, but 0-1 with yeah. him. So there you go. You know, if John Wall's back, they, they have this star power. Bradley Beal is having an exceptional year. Um, you know, Joel Embiid definitely has an advantage over Martian Gortat, in my opinion. Um, oh, he abused him last exactly, night. Exactly, I mean, yeah. And, and so that'll be the point of attack for them. And honestly, you know, I don't think there's a great matchup on the Wizards roster for Ben Simmons. I, Otto Porter is a lengthy guy who can, you know, stay on his feet and probably match up all right against Ben Simmons, but I still would... You know, ben Simmons' full game is just too much, I think, for Otto Porter to handle. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say the 76ers are in that top four to five range in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, you know, these bio uh, agreements are also healthy. You know, they bring back Ersan Ilyasova, um, Marco Bellinelli. Those are just veteran guys that, you know, you can just plug in off the bench. Bellinelli is a great scorer or at least was at one point in his career. Um, Ersan just, you know, solidifies that that front court, um, that rotation. Hopefully both of them can make solid contributions. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting interesting matchup, you know, wherever the 76ers line up. Um, definitely like their odds of making, you know, making it pretty far if they end up as the five seed. Who do you think that the Sixers will cut in order to make room? Uh, they actually have to waive someone on their roster uh, to make room um, for, for Ersan Ilyasova. But, you know, I'll give you a second to pull up the roster. Yeah. But, you know, who do you think they cut? I mean, they got some solid players on this roster. I mean, maybe someone at the bottom, maybe James Young, Demetrius Jackson. Um, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, just looking at the guys, if you're bringing in a guy like um, Ersan Ilyasova, I think you would go and look towards that similar position to cut a guy, um, you know, maybe you go Trevor Booker. Um, right. You know, he's only, he's got what, under five points a game. He's playing 15 minutes. Um, Trevor Booker's kind of just floated around his entire career. And, you know, Ersan, I feel like, can offensively at least, you know, provide a bigger contribution than Trevor Booker. You know, some of these guys on the roster are just so young that, like, I, I would never really give up on a younger guy because I think the potential for them to grow is always there, whereas Trevor Booker, at the age of 30, might be expandable, expendable at that point. So you'd rather have Ersan Ilyasova or Trevor Booker? I mean, I feel like they are different players, um, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Trevor Booker's better. I don't know. Hmm. Well, let's see. Let's take a look. So Trevor Booker, where am I? Let's let's uh let's pull up the stats. Offensive rating Trevor Booker one twenty four, defensive one oh six. I have Elias over right here. Uh, What'd you say? I said so. Trevor Booker's um, offensive rating. It's per one hundred possessions. Yeah, oh, go geez. one down, one more. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Okay. Offensive box plus minus. Why can't I find Trevor Booker? Offensive box plus minus negative point six, defensive uh, one point two. So he's got a positive point six. What's Ersan's? Ersan's point six on the offensive end, but negative point five on the defensive end for a point one. Um, you know. So that's the thing is that you're getting better offense from Ersan. You're getting better defense from Trevor Booker. Yeah. If and you take a look at what's the, a player efficiency rating? Oh God, I'm not even on his profile. Um, for Trevor Booker, at the top it'll say it. I gotta click on his profile. Him specifically, PR fifteen point one. And Ersan's fifteen point two. So you know, I mean, I, I guess it's a you know a, a, a win for the Sixers if you're both. looking for someone that 
Yeah, you, it's hard. It's really hard to um, keep both up. According to Derek Bodner of The Athletic, I mean, it's a very sticky situation because, um, you know, they can't cut Jared Bayless. Um, Lawawu Cabarro to the G League apparently doesn't help. Um, Demetrius Jackson and James Young, I mean, uh, you can't really – they're two-way players, so they just go to the G League anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it's a very interesting situation, but um, – you know, we'll move on. We talked about the Sixers a lot today. Yeah. Uh, so, our next one is, you know, the Warriors, while they did show that they are, you know, the king of the, um, you know, the Eastern Conference, I guess, or West, Western. Western Conference, like, um, when they beat the Thunder the other night, I mean, you could really see they turned it up a notch and, and really blew out the Thunder in that game. Um, but do you think there's a team in the Western Conference that can – truly beat the Warriors in a seven-game series? You know, it's it's tough to say that when you think of just how hot they can get. I mean, they, in the matter of, you know, minutes, you know, that, that Warriors-Thunder game went from being close to a blowout. And it just, it took, you know, a minute or two right before the end of the third quarter. And next thing you know, it's a blowout game against, you know, a, a playoff-caliber team. Um, <clears throat> you know, the only team that can equal up getting as hot as them is the Houston Rockets. I mean... James Harden, another forty-point game last night. He is he's electric. Um, he had he had I think three and one threes last night. Yeah, I was seeing that. Yeah, I mean, his ability to you know get shots up and you know hit him with contact too. Um, he's having a great season. He's he's you know just more and more looking like the MVP. As much as I want it to be LeBron, it, it seems to be going in Harden's favor um, at this point, just with the numbers. Um, Houston is the the only realistic team that I could see getting a seven-game series out of Golden State and potentially just beating them because they're the only team that I can think that can get as hot as them offensively. Um, you look at these other guys, I mean, the Spurs don't have the offensive prowess to, to match up with that. Minnesota definitely doesn't. Um, Portland, outside of their back or, or their backcourt, I don't see much there. The Pelicans, you're, you're counting on Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Um, OKC is, you know, a great, you know, they've got offensive potential, but, you know, what I've seen from Carmelo Anthony this year, you know, you got to have a better third option than that. And um, they really have been suffering without uh, Andre Robertson. Since they lost him, their record is awful. And um, then you look at Denver, they're just not even ready yet. So I'd say Houston is the most likely. Um, Do I think it'll happen? No, I think, you know, when at the end of the day, who who guards Kevin Durant on the Rockets? I mean, Trevor you Ariza. put Trevor Ariza there, but you know, I even you know putting LeBron on Kevin Durant. I mean, LeBron got gassed last finals. Yeah. So um, at the end of the day, I don't think any of these teams can beat Golden State in the Western Conference. But Houston definitely is the team that I say has the best chance. Yeah, apparently. So I saw it today. I didn't know the Rockets were actually this good with. Uh, Chris Paul and James Harden on the yeah. floor for the 31 and 3 this year Crazy. with those two guys on the floor. I mean, I think we have to take a minute and, you know, appreciate James Harden's numbers this year. I mean, almost, I mean, if you round up 32 points a game, yeah. um, nine assists, uh, almost two steals, 5.1 rebounds, um, shooting uh, 44% from the field, uh, almost 39% from three, and mm. uh, 86% from the line on, you know, 10 attempts a game. I mean, He's been, you know, I think he's the league MVP. Um, you know, I, I I think we're both on the same page. We'd rather have LeBron win it. Yeah. Um, but at this point, you know, the Rockets are in the first, you know, 
Are they in the first seed yep. in the Western Conference by a half, half game? game? Yeah, so I mean, they, I mean, they're beating out the Warriors right now behind his strong play. Uh, whereas you know the Cavs are sitting in third place in the Eastern Conference. So you know, I think it's going to bode well for him come MVP time. But you know, I think this team has the right build to beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one player we haven't really talked about is, is Clint Capella. I think he provides something down low that you know mm-hmm. the Warriors are going to have a double, tough, tough time defending. Uh, I watched them play the Thunder the other night. Uh, you know, Stephen Adams gave them trouble all exactly. night. I mean, the offensive rebounds were insane. I mean, I love Stephen Adams. I just love the way he plays. Uh, you know, he's tough down low. Aggressive. He, he He's aggressive. Um, he can score at the other end. Um, but, you know, I think he really showed their weakness. I mean, they had to start JaVale McGee in that game. Yeah. Um, and JaVale McGee's just not good. And then, you know, <laughs> when they brought in Zaza Pachulia, I mean, we'll talk about him later. He has yeah. one job. Um, so I don't think they really have a big man that can slow down Clint Capella, and he's having a career year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, averaging fourteen point five points, eleven rebounds, uh, shooting sixty six percent from the field. I mean, what a year for him! Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, he's averaging one point eight blocks per game, per game. So he really provides you know them some rim presence that the Warriors also don't have. Um, so, you know, I, I really like this Rockets team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, the more and more they play well with James Harden and Chris Paul out on the floor, the more and more I want to, you know, move my money over to them in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, that's the thing. It's, it's you know, who can keep up with them offensively and who can protect um, the rim, at the rim. And, you know, like you said, you know, the of the teams in the playoffs, the guys that can protect the rim, in my opinion, um, I you know, Steven Adams and Clint Capella, you know, um, Minnesota, you know, he's Carl uh, Anthony Towns is improving, but he's still not a great rim protector. Um, and that was the thing you saw in the finals last year. Golden State just got anything they wanted at the rim, and so that was a that was a huge problem for the Cavs. And um, if they can get it at the rim, then you know it's it's the easiest thing to easiest way for them to win. Um, but Clint Capella, Stephen Adams are the only two real rim protectors. And if I'm choosing, you know, the the rest of the team, I'm going with Houston because of their offensive scheme and their ability to get shots, uh, hit shots from long range. Yeah, and how about these you know, playoff matchups? I know we have to retouch this every week just because it's interesting how they shuffle over a week's time, but the Thunder would play the Warriors in the first round. Yeah. It started today. I mean, that's about as tough as a first-round matchup as you can get. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're the number two seed. I mean, I'd much rather face... Portland, the Pelicans, Minnesota. I'd even rather face the Spurs right now than the Thunder. Honestly, I don't know. The, the Spurs, Spurs looked really good yesterday. Yesterday against, against, against the, Cavs. the Cavs. Yeah, I just their defense. I mean, down the stretch, their defense I mean, is great, and that's always with Popovich. You always get a well, uh, you get a great coach defensively unit um, from San Antonio. But I mean, this just isn't the Spurs team we've seen in a while. I mean, they're. What was their streak of 50 win seasons? Mm-hmm. You know, they're at risk of losing that out. They need 14 wins over the rest of the season. They're 36 and 25. This isn't, you know, like the, the Spurs teams we've come to know for the past decade um, or past two decades, I guess, with Greg Popovich. And if Kawhi's, you know, they, they said Kawhi's basically probably out for the season, they're not going to, you know, they don't they don't scare me in the postseason. Have you seen some of the uh, Spurs fans on Twitter? They no. it was pretty funny. Uh, one of them said when they said when Popovich said he's out for the season, they were saying, "Oh, well, winter ends, you know, March twenty first means he's going to come back March twenty second oh, for gotcha. spring." <laughs> I don't know. They they were making all these jokes. That's so. funny. But you know, I if Kawhi comes back, I really think the Spurs in the, for the playoffs. I mean, I think the Spurs team has a chance to win the Western Conference as well. I think you know the way they played last year before Kawhi got hurt in the playoffs 
really showed that they they can beat any team. Right. You know they they had that what twenty five point lead, lead until on the Kawhi Warriors went in, down in the first was it the first quarter and or first a, half and what a perfect transition. Perfect transition because you know we're going to talk about uh, the player that actually ended Kawhi's season last year, Zaza Pachulia. You know he's had a history of dirty plays uh, throughout his career, and it you know it got worse this weekend. Um, you know Russell Westbrook uh, fell over someone on the baseline, and Zaza, without being pushed by anyone, jumped towards, put all of his weight in the air, and jumped towards Russell Westbrook's legs. Um, very dirty play. Russell Westbrook after the game actually, you know, a reporter asked him about it, and he got pretty heated and said. Um, he's for sure a dirty player. So, mm-hmm. you know, Blake, do you think Zaza has any backing? Do you think, you know, these are dirty plays, or do you think he's just getting caught up in, you know, wrong place, wrong time? You know, I'd give it about, you know, 75% dirty plays, 25% just wrong plays at the wrong time. You know, this one with Russell Westbrook just was was so clear to me, I think. And, you know, even Kyrie Irving took to Instagram after he watched the video and commented that, you know, Zaza just basically fell on him. You know, it wasn't, you know, like a strong wind came and just, like, forced him over Westbrook's legs. It was just, you could tell by the way he fell and the pressure he put towards the direction of Westbrook's legs. It wasn't like he fell forward and, you know, put all his weight in the top half of his body. He fell down with most of the force coming from his legs, throwing his legs on Russell Westbrook. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate because, you know, you can't you can't say off the top. Like, it's it's not completely obvious. It's not 100% obvious that it was, you know, intended that way. And unless you got, like, a confession from Zaza, then, it you know, that's basically all you're missing to, you know, say that it was. Um, is it punishable? I mean, I read through a list of, of plays, of dirty plays from Zaza Pachulia, and I was just like, you know, how come they haven't, you know caught onto this throughout his career. I mean, there were some plays in Milwaukee, you know, he had last year with Kawhi that, you know, looked pretty cheap. Um, that was another one that I was kind of, you know, looking at like, hey, that that's a little suspicious. And then this one again. Um, yeah, he's a dirty player. There are dirty players all over the league. I mean, you got a teammate right there with uh, Draymond Green. Man, yeah. Where we just watched uh, last year. Um, in the playoffs, him stepping on Kawhi Leonard's foot. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I think at this point, you have to suspend him. I mean, we we just got a notification actually from Bleacher Report that they're not going to find him or suspend him. But you know, I thought that was as blatant as it gets um, that you know they were going to uh, suspend him. I mean, let's be honest. Throughout his career, I mean, he's had a lot of um, you know different events that clearly were you know meant to you know harm. Uh, players. I mean, the NBA, you would think the NBA would want to take action on this. I mean, they're a league full of stars, and they like to highlight their stars, and Zaza Pachulia is trying to hurt all of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you would think they would do something about it. But, you know, I'm I'm really sick of Zaza Pachulia. I'm not a huge fan of the Warriors in general. So, you know, the fact that they have a guy like him that's just, you know, kind of the villain, um, got to hate him. And that's the thing is that they're just like a roster full of villains. And, and Yeah, so, you can't really hate like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I mean, no, those two are so can't. respectful. And Draymond Green has his oh, history. Did you watch? Dirty did plays. you watch the Thunder game Saturday or any of it? I watched some of it. Yeah, I some mean, of the first dude, half. Some of the stuff he was doing to Melo, I was just get off the court. And then Kevin Durant got into it with Melo. You know, they just got a couple guys that, you know, when you win so much, you get so cocky. And then you just kind of let whatever happen. Like, you don't care about the regular season at this point. You know, LeBron James, he doesn't care about the regular season at this point just because of how great he is. He knows that, you know, 
his legacy is in the mm-hmm. playoffs. But some of these guys are just so bored because they're on the you know the greatest team ever assembled, basically. And so they get bored in the regular season. If someone irks them, you know they're not afraid to you know go out there and make some dirty plays. Um, they do have that kind of bad guy mentality on that team, and it's not in the backcourt. You know, I love Clay Thompson's one of my favorite players in the league. Steph, you know, is a, is a great guy. Um, but you look at Draymond and then, you know, Zaza, it's just not his place because he's not, he doesn't have the talent to back it up. You know, Draymond Green, one of the best, you know, two-way players, he's having a down year this year for sure. But, um, he at least, you know, defensive player of the year in his career, you know, he's, he's won a couple rings. Um, Zaza, I don't want to see it from you unless, you know, you're one of the top guys at your position each and every day throughout your career. He's not even the top player at his position on his own team. Exactly. I think JaVale McGee. We can yeah. both agree he's a better player. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we can't – it's not nothing we can do to stop it. The only per- people that can stop it is the NBA by suspending him, and, you know, they decide not to do so, which is, you know, not not right in my opinion. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll stop talking about Zaza because yeah. it's you know, getting me a little irritated on this Monday afternoon. So uh, we'll get to our last topic of the day, the Utah Jazz, someone we've been talking about. Um, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks, I mean, they keep streaking uh, behind the strong play of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is making it extremely hard uh, for, you know, Ben Simmons to be the runaway right. rookie of the year. Um, but, you know, they're fifth defensively in the NBA, 17th offensively, um, according to the ratings. Uh, you know, pace of play, 25th in the NBA, so they're really slowing it down. Uh, Quinn Snyder is doing a great job with his team. Do you think... Not only will they make the playoffs, do you think they have a shot to pull off an upset in the playoffs? <laughs> so so they're two games out of the eight seed right now. And honestly, the way they're streaking, um, would I be surprised if if they pass the Clippers to the nine seed? No, I expect them to do that. Would I be surprised if the Nuggets miss out on the playoffs? No, I wouldn't. So, you know, at, at, at best, I see the Jazz getting to that eight seed. But the thing that you just said, you know, their pace 25th in the league, that is not something you want when you're facing the Rockets and the Warriors in the first round. You know, you can't you can't slow the ball down and expect to, you know, keep up the offensive intensity to like to match with um with Houston who would be their matchup now or if Golden State took the one seed their matchup. Um I I love what the Jazz have right now. They got a young core um and Donovan Mitchell looks like a future star in the league definitely after this year, but you know, offensive rating to be at 17th Pace, 25th, if you're matching up with some of the greatest offenses of all time in the NBA, then I don't think you have much of a chance at all. I think they'd get swept by either team, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they say, you know, even the best defenses get hurt by the best offenses. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're fifth in the NBA defensively, which is great, and it's winning them games right now. Uh, But when you go up, I mean, they arguably, in their conference, have the two best offensive teams in basketball with the Warriors uh, and the Rockets, so... And those are the two teams. I mean, I don't see a picture where they, you know, move into like the six or five seed um, in the Western Conference. They got a long road, um, you know, with only twenty games to go. So, you know, if they have to face off against the Rockets or Warriors, I mean, I think it's a five-game series, four-game series. But you know, props to Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert, and you know the rest of this team for, you know, pulling off all these wins and you know really putting themselves in a position to make the playoffs. Um, you know, especially in a very competitive Western Conference. Um, but yeah, yeah, and definitely you know one one guy just looking at because he had such a rough time in Cleveland before he got there uh, before he left there, Jay Crowder. While he hasn't started yet, you know over thirteen points a game, he's getting you know four rebounds, um, one and a half assists per game. Not shooting great from the field or from the three, but you know th- that's a great bench guy um, at the wing position. 
Um, it didn't fit in Cleveland, whether it was, you know, a personality clash with some of the teammates or he just didn't want to be there. He's in Utah now. Um, giving a complimentary role off the bench, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they maybe try and transition him into the starting lineup. I mean, Joe Ingles is there, but Joe Ingles is only averaging, you know, 11 points per game while he's shooting a lot better. Um, you know, maybe you want, you know, Jay Crowder in there instead, maybe bring Ingles to the bench. But um, I like the, you know, it's it's interesting the team that they have assembled. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, their 17th offensive rating, it doesn't score much. You know, Donovan Mitchell is definitely had, you know, his fair share of 20-plus point games um, in the past month, but he's still only averaging 19.7 a game, and that's your leading score. Um, you know, when the Rockets' leading score is averaging almost 32, and you've got, you know, guys on the uh, Golden State Warriors putting up 25 a game, you know, they don't have the the go-to offensive guy to, you know, match up with the power of either of those teams. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting uh, come to season end. But, you know, unfortunately, that's going to end our episode this week. Uh, a little uh, premature than usual. Uh, Blake and I have some other endeavors to do today. Um, but uh, second bad news of the day is we won't have an episode next Monday. That's right. Um, it, it's too bad. Uh, but, you know, we'll come back. We'll make sure our first episode back um, on that Monday, uh, March 19th. No. March 12th. Looking at the wrong uh, We will make sure that episode's about an hour long. We'll recap what we missed over the last two weeks. Um, and, you know, we'll really miss you guys. But, you know, I appreciate you guys listening to Courtside Take. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll be taking our spring breaks off. Oh, yeah. Um, and it'll be fun. But uh, until next time, Blake, you got any uh, final words? The tank is on. Uh, the Knicks won this past week. I didn't like that. They beat the Magic. They play the Warriors tonight, so that's a guaranteed loss. Knicks, please, if you're listening, lose every game for the rest of the season. The tank is on. Counter opposite, I want the Sixers to win every game the rest of the way. I want them <laughs> to be NBA champions at the end of the season. Probably not happening, but let's win some ball games. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in two weeks, guys. Thanks. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.